Hello, welcome to God's Pathway to Life for You. I'm your host, Dave. Today we're talking about Matthew chapter 15. All right, thanks for returning to the podcast today on our Bible study. We're looking at Matthew chapter 15. But like I said before uh, we get started, I always like to say a little prayer so we can all get on the, the same page and understanding. So uh, for a moment, let's say a prayer. Lord, Father in heaven, please hear my prayer. Please help us to truly understand your word, to let your word live in our hearts every day, to guide us and to comfort us and to redirect us and to conform us into your son's image. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, like I said, today we're talking about chapter 15. But before we dive into chapter 15, uh, it starts off with... uh, Verse 1, and it says, Then Jesus, uh, then came to Jesus the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, sometimes, you know, we, we talk about the scribes and the Pharisees, and we just read it, and we just move on. But today, I'd like to talk about the Pharisees and the scribes. It's a little bit of information so we can all kind of get an understanding of what type of people these scribes and Pharisees were. The Pharisees were a group of Jews that believed that man's oral traditions equaled that of God's holy word. Their traditions was the Jewish laws that their fathers created that was given to them by Moses on the mountain. And they also had the Mosaic text, which was actually the Old Testament written in Hebrew, and the pronunciations and the syllables and the way to how to pronounce it and say that old Hebrew text, only the Pharisees retained that knowledge. And uh, they, they uh, knew how to read the old Hebrew text because the uh, common Jewish people forgot how to read the ancient Hebrew text. So you can see why Jesus had a problem with this group of people is because they were teaching other people incorrectly, you know, false teachers. So the Pharisees were an ancient group of uh, Jewish people who led, uh, laid the foundation for what would be called rabbinic Judaism. The name Pharisees likely comes from a Hebrew word means uh, pushim, meaning the separate ones or the separated ones. And the scribes, well, the scribes, they had knowledge uh, of laws and they could draft legal documents they made uh, contracts for marriages, divorces, loans, inheritance, uh, mortgages, uh, land for sale, and they discharged various other important public duties as men of high authority and influence in uh, state affairs. Uh, scribes were also very important people. They were all trained to write a cuneiform and record many of the languages spoken in Mesopotamia. That region. Without scribes, letters would not have been written, read, or royal monuments would not have been carved with cuneiform, and the stories would have been told and then forgotten. So the scribes who were the record keepers of the day. So when we talk about the scribes and the Pharisees, now you kind of got an idea of who we're talking about. I said, then then came the Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees which were in Jerusalem, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? 
for they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress, disobey the commandments of God by your traditions? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy mother and thy father. Or God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he that curses father or mother, lest he him die the death. Okay, so when we take a look at these uh, first couple of verses, it says five, but you say also, what shall you say to his father or to his mother? It is a gift. By whatsoever you might be profited by me. Well, that's fancy. Number five, it says, but you say whatsoever shall say to whatsoever shall say to his father or to his mother, it is a gift. By whatsoever you might be profited by me. Well, that's fancy, you know. And that 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 took a minute to try to figure out what they were talking about. But when you read the Bible, you know it's always good to have uh, other resources to to dive into. So I found this other resource that talks about uh, the Bible in these chapters. And I'm going to read uh, real quick about what it's talking about. Okay, when he says that, uh, why do your disciples transgress the traditions of those for they not wash their hands when they eat bread? I said the misuse is a group of Jews devoted entire tracts of Jewish law to discuss how the hands should be washed. Good Jews were expected to perform ritual hand washings before, during, and after each meal. A person would first pour water over his hands with the fingers pointed up and with the water reaching the wrist. Then he would point the fingers down and then pour the water again, this time allowing the water to drip off the fingers. If one mixed up the order or poured the water both times with the hands pointed up or down and the hands were still, the hands were still ritually unclean. Each hand had to be rubbed with the other, but this could only be done if the other hand was clean. To neglect the first or third washing was considered a serious sin and possibly a deadly one. Washing was not prescribed by Old Testament, but was a tradition passed down to first century Jews by their elders. Many teachers gave these human traditions an authority equal to that of Old Testament, saying Scripture, saying that their traditions were equal to God's Word, Scripture. Jesus taught that the authority of Scripture trumps all human traditions, and he condemned the Pharisees and scribes for valuing human traditions above Scripture. For the scripture uh, and then it says, okay, so that's kind of what they're talking about. And then on verse 5, I found this. It said, in response to an accusations that his disciples did not follow traditions by hand washing, Jesus is leveling a countercharge. The Pharisees who attacked Jesus for ignoring a human traditions are guilty of using human traditions to, actual, to ignore actual commands of God. The example Jesus has raised is the fifth of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and your mother. 
He also added the follow-up from Exodus 21.17, that anyone who speaks evil against his parents must be put to death. These commandments both are come to Israel directly from both these commandments came to Israel directly from God through Moses. They revealed how seriously the issue of honoring one's parents was to God for his people. For God's perspective, one of the ways that children were expected to honor their parents was to care for them in their old age. They may have included paying expenses or for them or taking the aging parent into their own home to live with them. Jesus is showing that God expects the Israels, the Israelites to care for their elders in this way. Religious leaders such as the Pharisees, however, had a tradition which would allow someone to decline that something of their own possession or money were Corban, meaning a gift devoted to God. This is the spiritual equivalent of a tax write-off, a way to shield resources from being taken for some other purpose. That loophole in the tradition apparently allowed for such a person to continue to hold on to these valuable items and make use of them. Alternatively, they could claim that the goods were devoted to God as of today, and then later annul the vow. In this way, they could avoid the responsibility to care for parents either to save the cost or become, uh, become because of resilience. Resilient, I can't say that. In turn, uh, Jesus called out the Pharisees. He not only criticized them for hypocrisy, but also for the enabling of those under their instruction, uh, permissioning them openly, giving them permission to openly violate the clear intentions of God's original command. He says they allow for people to tell their parents, what would you have gained from me is given to God. So that's what that means, uh, verse 5. What you would have gained from me is now given to God. And 6. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus you have made the commandments of God non, uh, null in effect by your traditions. They made it void. They voided out the word of God. 6. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandments of God null in effect by your traditions. You hypocrites. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in the vain they do worship me and teach for doctrine the commandments of men. 10. And he called the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand. 11. Not, not that which goes into the mouth defiles the man, but which comes out of the mouth, this defiles the man. Then his disciples came and said to him, and you know that the Pharisees were offended after they heard what you just said. But he answered them and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted shall be uprooted. 
let them alone. They be the blind leading the blind. If the blind leads the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said to him, Declare us this parable. 16. And Jesus said, Are you also without understanding? 17. Do you, do you yet understand that whatever goes into the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out into the draft, or into the privy or the toilet? But those things which proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart, and they that defile the man. For out of the heart proceed. Now listen to this. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murderous, adultery, fornication, uh, theft, false witness, blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man. But what he eats with unwashed hand defiles not a man. You got all these traditions installed, but you know you're you're putting more emphasis on these traditions than you are the actual word of God, and you made life difficult for people with these traditions. So, you know, like uh, uh, where he talks about, you know, what defiles a person and what proceeds out of the mouth. See, what proceeds out of the mouth comes forth from the heart. The things that you say, you know, that's what defiles you. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornication, false witness, theft, blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man. But what he eats is with unwashed hand does not defile him. Now, just for a second, I was wanting to take a look at uh, Colossians, I think it was. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, so, you know, that's, that's what comes out of the heart of the lost people and the people who are not under control by the Spirit, all that bad stuff. But this is uh, something, if you want to turn your life over to Christ, you want to become a new person, well, there's a way to do that, and the Bible talks about that in Colossians 3. Uh, I'm going to read it real quick from this other version. This is, So, if you had been risen with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not on earthly things, for you died. To those earthly things. You're no longer living to those earthly desires. And you died to them. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. So now your life that you're, your life that you're hoping to live is hidden in Christ. When, Christ. when Christ who is your life appears. Then you will also appear with him in glory. Transformed. Resurrected and transformed. Therefore put to death the things what belongs to your earthly nature. Now this is how you well, this is what you're expected to put to death. Put to death the things that belong to your earthly nature: sexual immorality, impurity, lust. Lust is a lack of self-control. That's what lust is. Lust is a lack of self-control, letting your flesh desire whatever you're lusting after. It's not always have to be sex. You can be lusting after other things besides sex. Evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, because these things God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things and were living in them, but now put away all the following anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on a new self, you are being renewed 
in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is no Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all in all of us. Now listen to this. This is the still we're in Corinthians three, verse twelve. Therefore, as God chose one, has chosen ones holy and dearly loved, that's you, put on com- compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone have a grievance against another, i got to turn the page. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your heart and be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual song, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Lord, Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So you know that's how you be a good Christian and live a good Christian life. Okay, so where was I at? I say honor the mother and the father. And let's see, I read that. I think there was something else I was wanting to read. Yeah, right there it says, you know, uh, we'll go back over that. The Jewish law required some sons to take care of their aging parents. However, corrupt priests allowed sons who were tired of caring for their parents to take a vow of Corbin. This allowed, this vowed a dedicated to God and to Jerusalem, the temple, the resources they would otherwise have used to support their parents. Since one obligation to God truly outweighed all other obligations, the priest taught that such a maneuver was righteous. Jesus strongly condemned it in the... uh, Yeah, I'll get this. Okay, the law regarding the purification of the hands were uh, concerned with ritual purification and not a sanitary purification you know they didn't care about the sanitary you know like killing germs because after all the jewish law permitted the water to be drawn from a vessel made of cow manure Uh, further it permitted uh, the water also to be so filthy that cattle refused to drink it Uh, jesus argued that food consumed with unpure hands does not spiritually defile a person the words that proceed from the mouth defile a person because they show the sinful condition of the heart. That the Pharisees took offense at Jesus' teaching suggests that they understood that he was referring to their hypocritical speech, which honored God even as their hearts refused to worship him. Okay, so let me go back to what I was reading. That's why he says the people draw near to me but their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I said, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of the men. And he called the multitude and said to him, Hear and understand. Whatever goes into the mouth defiles a man. 21. Then Jesus went from there and departed from the coast of Thyre and Sidon. 
And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, O son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. That means miserably uh, demon-possessed. But he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and beseeched him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was talking about only to the Jews. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, True, Lord, yea, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table, though. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it to you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. See, you know, when I first time I read that, I thought he was actually talking about dogs and uh, feeding. You're not supposed to feed dogs and dogs spread falling from the table and stuff like that. (laughs) But it wasn't until later on that I realized that he was talking about how he was here for the Jewish people. God's chosen people. Now, God's chosen people are his children. And uh, Christ is the bread of life. And that's why Christ was there at that moment, was for the Jewish people to take this opportunity to take the bite of bread of life. And that's what he tells her. I'm not really here for you Gentiles, you rest of you world. I'm here for the Jewish people. I'm the bread of life for the Jewish people. That's why he says the children's bread. And it said to cast it to the dogs is to take his righteous word, what is his message of salvation, what he's trying to do, and, and give it to the Gentiles. But then she says, you know, true or gay, but the dogs do eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And she's saying, I understand what you, that you're the Christ. I understand your, your message of salvation that you're preaching to the Jews, and I believe. And that's why he said, great is your faith, it, it be to you even at his will. So that's what they're talking about. And it said, Jesus departed from there and came to the Sea of Galilee and went up to the mountain and sat down there. And a great multitude came to him, having with them those that were lame and dumb and blind and maimed and many others. And he cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered and said, And when they saw the dumb to speak and the lame to be made whole and the lame to walk and the blind to see, they glorified the God of Israel. And uh, then Jesus came to his disciples, to came to his disciples and said to them. I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting, lest they'll fall by the wayside. He's, he's afraid they're going to fall out and not have enough to eat. And his disciples said to him, Where would we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill a great multitude? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves have you? And they said, Seven, and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks, and he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did eat all, and were filled. And they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. And they did eat, and were four thousand men, besides women and children. And he sent, he sent them away, the multitude, and, and took up ship, and came into the coast of Magdala. Okay, well that brings us to the end of that chapter. I hope you learned something today about the Pharisees and the scribes and 
you know, uh, some about the why he was having a problem with him. Hopefully we covered some good ground today. Okay, you know, I'd like to go ahead and do the call to action. Uh, sign up for the prayer list today. If you'd like a sticker, leave me an email. Uh, you send me an email with your mailing address. I'll send you a sticker out. You can stick it on your car. Somebody will wonder what that is. They'll Google it. They'll find a podcast. And by sticking a simple sticker on your car, you're sharing the Word of God. I would like you to start your own prayer list. Write a name of people that you like. And, uh, write a name people that you love and care about and pray about those people okay so i'd like to go ahead and say the prayer of salvation Uh, if you want to turn your life over to christ you know just simply restate this prayer and uh, turn away from your wicked life and then start a new life it's really not that hard because uh, the power to overcome is not your power it's the power of jesus but what you're asking what your part you need to do is allow jesus to come into your life and that sounds easy Easy to say, it's hard to do. But once you get on that that track and you start taking in the Word of God, it becomes a lot easier. And you have to read your Bible if you want to be a Christian. Okay, so here's our prayer of salvation for the ones who want to turn their life over to Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that my sins separate me from you. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and God raised you from the dead. I choose today by faith to invite you into my heart to take control of my life, to be my Lord and Savior. I willingly choose to turn from sin and to turn to you. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean and give me a home in heaven a home in heaven with you when I die. Change me. Make me a new person. Help me now to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, I invite you to church on Facebook Live Sunday morning at 11 Central Standard Time and again at 6.30 Sunday night and again Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And if you do come, would you put in the comment section that you're from the podcast? Okay, I'm asking if you'd like to donate to the church, South Heights Baptist Church. There's now a donate link on the website, godspathwaytolife.face. There's a clickable link in the detailed description box for this podcast. Check out the detailed description box for all links and email information. Okay, I think that's all I have for today. And remember to say something nice to somebody you don't know because God said we are all strangers too and he loved us so. Your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.